wheel this up. Game on. <laughs> Let's wheel this up because I just there's two things. No, I mean this is starting to start. The, let's fuck it. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Interact Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunter. Joining me this week is Dave Harris. Hello. Michael Breslin. Hello. And Ross Bird when he gets here. Um, let's just fucking begin with. Um, you know, we, we used to have a segment on this podcast called the Dave's Terrorist Tweet. Yeah. And we've had to retire that segment because there's so fucking many of them. <laughs> <laughs> I have just inundated this weekend with some of the most stupidest tweets I've ever seen. And it's Tuesday and they're still coming. Today's one was that um, Harland, um, a be- more technical player than Drogba, and that Drogba was all pace and power, which I can't decide if he's just stupid or racist. I'm not sure which one it is. So I'm going to start with that one. Um, the Chelsea fan accounts that keep trying to tell me that Jao Felix is the most talented player at Chelsea. Oh, my. When in clear, when what they really mean is the most aesthetically pleasing player at Chelsea, um, because the most talented is Kante, obviously. And then lastly and finally, and this I cannot fucking believe, in another week of where we've literally shit the bed again, um, people are, uh, look, we've got two things, there's two things we have right at Chelsea, and that is we have got two of the best fullbacks going, Chilwell and Rhys James. This idiot, CFC PYS, who is a 13-year-old who I think has got the IQ of 13, uh, was sat on the uh, Twitter going, because literally the best, I've had two good moments of good news this year at Chelsea, and that is Thiago Silva signed a new contract and Chilwell's apparently signing a new contract. And this guy goes, oh, maybe we shouldn't have signed him to a new contract because what if the new manager doesn't rate him? Look, if the new manager thinks Mark Cucurella is better than Ben Chilwell, then he shouldn't be the new manager, Pice. Like, <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? We have two good players that other clubs would want. Look, Pep Guardiola wants Chilwell. Pice. And you're sitting here telling me we shouldn't give him a new contract. Who are you? Ah, oh, oh, oh. Honestly, football Twitter, like Twitter in general, but football Twitter is just, I feel like 20 years ago, when some guy used to walk up to you in a bar and say, you know what, I don't really rate Alan Shearer, he used to sit on the end of the bar with no friends and you were like, what is that fucking moron on about? No one would talk to him. Now, all of a sudden, everyone on Twitter is like, oh, you know what? I think Martial actually might be better than Marcus Rashford. And they get to join with all these other little fucking morons. And they get into their little moron pods. And they get into their little moron act- activities. And they get to collectively come together and just be the stupidest fucking people I've ever seen or heard. And it happens every week. Every week. And if I have to hear about how Jao Felix is a good player one more time because he can do a few tricks, I'm going to fucking lose it, boys. I'm going to lose it. They're like, oh, he's so good. I'm like, he's not good. He's William. How can you not see this? Twitter's a dark place sometimes. (laughs) Dark, dark place. Tom Bowley's a dark place. He's going to spend 80 million on Joe Felix, who is Kovacic, five yards up the pitch. 
Why do we do this? Americans, please. I have to say, I thought he was a bit smarter than he has actually turned out to be. <laughs> oh, what a goal. Sorry. Sorry. Rogers just scored a worldie. I know we're on the pod, but I couldn't help that one. I, look, I don't know what to do. Like every, do you remember a couple of weeks ago when you told me that Brendan Rogers was the the favourite for the Tottenham job, and I'm like, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. What has happened to football? Dean Smith is getting the Leicester job. Dean Smith, what? I am so <laughs> lost with the. I, I think we kind of talked about it last week, but the manager pool is. <laughs> Must be the shallowest it's ever been. Must be. Every day I turn on the news and it gets worse. <laughs> it gets more ridiculous. Well, they, they decided not to pursue Jesse Marsh in the end, which is... <laughs> How is Jesse Marsh getting a look at anywhere? Did they not see him at Leeds? It's quite stunning that other te- that not that like the second or third team that have been interested in him now? Since, since he left Leeds, yeah, but he, he was Leeds have done better apart from at the weekend. They were, uh, they just died at the weekend. I don't know what that was, but they've been far better under which Watford manager is it? Is it Sanchez Flores? They have now. Uh, I, 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 I can't, I can't remember which Watford manager is their manager, but at Leeds, yeah. Oh, Happy Gracia. Happy Gracia. Gracia, sorry, Sanchez Flores. He's the one that keeps going back like eight times, isn't he, to Watford? But Neil Warnock's retired about 30 times and he's still managing in the championship. And doing, doing a good, a good job, job as well, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Uh, job. It's a great shame because now he doesn't do his podcast anymore, which which is upsetting because it means that it was left on a on a two-part interview with Steve Bruce. Oh, that's shocking. Really, I, I'm just lost. Yeah, Will does look lost in the top right corner. I just... Every, every day I, I read about football and every day I'm just like, what the fuck is anyone doing? How egregious is it that someone in the Man City <laughs> crowd here... Is wearing a Jacksonville Jaguars hat. Oh, that's a red card. What is happening? That's a red here? card. Who? That, that look. I. I just. I, I don't even know where to begin with football. Like. I, I don't even. I know. I don't even know to begin with football fans. I don't know who's more stupid. Like. The fans or the people are in the clubs. Like, I'm supposed to believe that Liverpool and the Klopp have had the best goalkeeper in the Premier League history, the best left back, the best right back, the best centre half, and the best right winger in Premier League history, and apparently the best left winger in Premier League history, and they've got one Premier League title. Like, are you dumb? Like, <laughs> we just need a collect. This is what we need to do. We need to, as a society, we need to take. Every single like fan Twitter account, every single fan TV account, we need to put them in a bin, label it 2010 to 2023, and just collectively agree to never go back to that again. 
Like, which because some of these opinions, man. Some like, of the debates flying around. Oh my god! Like, like Jamie Carragher's. We, Jamie Carragher's tweet about Virgil Van Dijk being better than Vidic. I think it was probably poorly worded because you can probably make a case for peak versus peak. I'm just like, why? Why are we insistently turning around and going after like two seasons? So and so's the best of all time in their position, like. What? There's one player currently playing now in the Premier League that I think you're allowed to legitimately go, he might be the best player to ever play this role in the Premier League, and that's De Bruyne. De Bruyne. Yeah, that's De Bruyne. And I don't really think we can have this discussion about anyone else. Maybe Salah. Maybe Salah. But everyone wants to... Like, I'm hearing Andy Robinson shouts for the best left-back of all time. Well, there's a big consensus like, out there saying... Was Leighton Bates better? There's a big consensus saying Allison's the best keeper to have played in the Prem and it's not even close. Did these guys not ever see Petr Cech at Chelsea? Did they oh not see Peter God. Schmeichel? Schmeichel, well, there's yeah, so Schmeichel many good keepers. Well. Allison is a, is a good keeper. Right. Pe- but he's won one Premier League again. People, people want, but people will t- turn around to you and they'll go, but he's, he's changed the way you played football. Like, they're like, uh, he plays with his feet. He's superb with his feet. He's so much better than Czech with his feet. And I'm like... I tend to like my keepers being good fuck. with their hands, to be honest. That's the whole point of the job. Like, it's, like when, it's like the other day when people were like, Terry, oh, Vidic and Terry would get shagged in Liverpool's high line. Well, if you had Vidic or Terry, you wouldn't play a high line, would you? Like, what? Like, what are you doing? Like, but I said it, like, it's people going, oh, well, such and such wouldn't work in the modern tactic. Well, if you took Lionel Messi and you put him in the 1980s in a 4-4-2 and you hoof the ball up to him, he's going to look shit, isn't he? Like, what? Do you know what I can <laughs> Those sort of arguments are ludicrous. Sorry, Dave. They're just ludicrous. Go on. Pete. People are getting punished for playing the way football was played at the time they played because that isn't how football's played now. What's the point of comparing? Or oh, they wouldn't be good in this current system. Didn't matter. They didn't have to be. They were brilliant in the system and the way football was played when they were playing. Otherwise, no one would ever seem good ever because yeah. football keeps advancing. And you're like, oh, well, actually, do you know what? Maradona was a luxury player. He wouldn't be able to keep up with the pace. He's rubbish. It's just nonsense. You can't keep. He wouldn't be able to keep up with the pace of the drug testing, to be fair. To well, you. that's true. <laughs> it's, but but... You, it's just oh, these people come on with ridiculous opinions, and it doesn't seem to stop. But look, uh, there's people out there who've listened to us over the years, thinking, "What are these three talking about?" <laughs> Yeah, that is absolutely true. Have they heard themselves for the last three years or have long? That is absolutely true, true. But I'll let you into I'll let you into a little secret. Almost zero our opinions should be taken seriously. Like Yeah, that is that is also true. There's a fair amount of them where we're I'm about to follow up with another one here. Like people want to tell me that Virgil van Dijk's the best centre half of all time. Who's the best striker he's faced in his time at in the Premier League. Who's his best striker? Who do you think, lads? Who, Van Dijk? Are we yeah. on that? Yeah. Well, I'm assuming it's Haaland now, is it? Other than Haaland. I mean, other than him, it's not been a great class. Kane, probably. Exactly. There we go. The Ibrahimovic there we go. for one season at Man U. There we Man go. 
That's all I need to say. Harry Kane, professional loser. Not, not <laughs> yeah, and if we are saying that Ebra, because that's not the real Ebra, was it? But if we are saying that it's him, Van Dyke would. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't think Van Dyke would mind playing against someone like Ebra. To be fair, yeah, a uh, good start to the podcast. Then sorry, I've, I came in with. Uh, I came in annoyed. Um, and I blame. I blame Chelsea fans. Yeah. Van Dyke not having a great season. I know that was kind of the point of what uh, Carragher was saying. Sorry to bring it back to this, that he, people have bad spells. But that means that he has only had like a couple of seasons at the top, top table. In my view, anyway. And I I understood what... I did understand what Carragher was saying about JT. Yeah, I also got it, but... He was like... But he said JT and Rio had bad seasons. I can't remember... And maybe these are nostalgia goggles. Aside from Terry, when the entire Chelsea team fell apart in 2010, and that was when he was 35 or whatever, 36, I can't recall him being this poor. I mean, I can't remember Rio, apart from a a couple of months off. (laughs) I was going to say, there's nine months there for Rio where he didn't play. (laughs) But other than that, I don't remember him. When he was on the field, I don't remember it being... Uh, having Apart a from tough QPR. Um, well, yeah, but... No, yeah, I know, but, I know. At his peak. No one's ever peak, played yeah. well at QPR apart from Adel to rap for 10 minutes. But again, that was, <laughs> that was at like 35 at the very end of their career, not 31. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, prime it's, time. It's a bit of a straw man article. And, and do you know what? I'm sick of a lot of narratives in football. I am absolutely dry heaving at this constant narrative they throw out about Vidic and Torres. He conceded three goals in 15 games, for God's sake. I remember the game. I remember the game. And trust me, it's a narrative... Everyone of our era remembers this game. It's a narrative I like to push every now and then when I'm trying to get get Vidic out of our top 15 players in favour of Rio Ferdinand. Look, I've used it myself, but it's not a real thing. Like, anyone who sits there and goes, oh, well, Torres and Nemanja Vidic. No, he didn't. He did not. Not for even... Look, look. It was one game. And he misread a situation. And all of a sudden, it's turned into, like... People think he was, like, the hound of the Baskervilles or something for, to him. Like, absolutely just following him around nationally. <laughs> it didn't happen. Like, stop it. Like, do you know who gave Vinic more problems? Didier Drogba gave him more problems than Torres. Like, did... Like Darren Bent at Sunderland probably gave him more problems, but like, fucking uh, like J- Jamie Carragher knows better too. That's the worst thing. Jamie Carragher's there and he knows better. But anyway, yeah, it's it's recorded. Oh yeah, fifteen minutes in, we've and we've touched. Well, we've got we've got some some fun out the way, Ross. So. Ready for, this, ready for the serious chat now. <laughs> My favourite stuff. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not ready. <laughs> no, no, I've got fifty. I need to get this all out. I've got so many just annoyances I want to talk about. Look, <laughs> I'm actually okay with decking a referee. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Mike's taking his uh his, his uh. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm actually okay with decking a referee, I think. I think, in fact, I might be pro decking a referee. Um, so, like, Dave, I know you want to talk about the Mitro bat, bat and the Robertson thing, but, like, if Andy Robertson had turned around and, like, given that in a Glasgow kiss, I'd have been all for it. And I'd have been out, I'd like, if he'd have got banned, I'd have been like Fathers for Justice outside the Crown Court, being like, Justice, you know? I'll back the guy who worked with him, to be honest. I hate Andy Robertson. Deserved it. He was yapping at him all game. And all he's done is, like, grab him. Well, he didn't grab him, he sort of put his arm on him, hasn't he? Sort of, and he's just, I think he's just tried to shrug him off and he's caught him with, a, caught him with an arm. And I, I backed Roy Keane. 100%. I don't know if you saw that on Sky. Just calling say? him a baby repeatedly, saying he's a big baby. I was just fully behind it. Was, it was classic Keane. It really was. Like, I don't know what Rob, people are expecting this guy to do when he, Robertson's been screaming at him for 45 minutes. So, uh, I backed him. I'm, I'm behind him. You just can't do that, though. But I don't think he's tried to elbow him. But I don't shrug people off like that. I, I just don't. don't. Fair enough, but I'm just saying Robertson deserved I, it. I just think it's a weird reaction. I just think a little bit. You've got to be a bit smarter. And yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And but also, I mean, these are just... as Dave was, hasn't said, but was, we were talking about this beforehand. Particularly after the Metro ban, where we're trying to protect referees and assistants better. Yeah, Will shaking his head, but that—that <laughs> that is the. We need to do that, and then this fucking moron decides to help. I'd like <laughs> to see. I'd like, I'd like to see this become like the WWE. I'd like to see Mitro return after his bad, just like walked into the same stadium with the well, referee. Mitro's just see... got Mitro's just got a steel chair. Shots <laughs> I do not want to see Logan Paul turn up at Anfield. Thank you very much. By the way, the BBC News article today is how far could Logan Paul go as a WWE wrestler? I'm thinking, as far as they fucking book him, lads. Yeah, like, as far as they him to go. That's like asking, oh, how far could Robert Downey Jr. go as Iron Man? Whatever the fucking script says, buddy. Like, get a grip. Uh, WWE sucks. What a terrible sport. Well, it can, can it be a sport if the whole thing's scripted? I don't think it can. It's not a sport. No. Uh-oh. Entertainment, isn't it? Play acting. Kind of like boxing. Anyway, um, so, Dave, do you want to talk about the Metro band before I take us into the uh, my next topic, which is which of the referees would you most like to spark? Yeah. Oh, yours as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Will's got a number. I know who's top. I know who is top. I can think who's top. Anyway, with the Metro ban, I mean, they've given them eight games, which was from an independent sort of commission. The FA have appealed it to ask for more. If if they're going to give such a lengthy ban to someone, surely there needs to be something for lesser offences. Um, me and Mike were actually talking about this beforehand. And surely they should make a rule to, to really combat this, only the captain can speak to the ref. If anyone else goes to speak to the ref, speaks to an official, then they get sent off and then they won't do it. 
just give them, and then that's an automatic one match ban. You get rid of the problem about having to decide how much bans you get. And basically, you allow players to communicate through their own captain, who then communicates to the officials. Like rugby, it's not rocket science, surely. And then you've got a clear rule. If anyone's barking at the ref, barking the linesman, they're going to get punished. Surely that's the logical approach now. If they're taking it as seriously as, as they claim to be, surely they want to basically make this a, you know, zero sort of tolerance policy. And that would be perfect. I don't know what you guys think about it, but it stops the whole debate. And then it also stops the players doing it because they'd get sent off. I agree 100%. That's what they should do. I don't understand how they let it get to this point where it, the way some of the players talk to the officials and things like that. You're absolutely right. Start of next season, they've just got a set precedent. So this just is what we're going to do. tell everyone, yeah, this is what we're doing. And it would Difficult never happen again. Sort of partway through. But yeah. As you say, you let the captain talk or whatever. And so if you do this, it's going to be red cards and then it will stop. It will just stop. Uh, I don't, I fully agree with everything you said, Dave. I don't, really understand how they've let it get to this point. And it's such an easy thing to fix, it seems like. Well, and further to that, the problem is now there's people that are like maybe getting too close to officials or clearly shouting at them and there's nothing in place. And obviously it's it's even more in the limelight because of the Metroid ban. They've got to start like bringing something like this in so that there's, it's actually a set punishment. It's not just left for everybody to debate. What should they do in this case? Should they do anything at all? If they've done this, surely they need to do something for this. They just need to clear it up and bring in a clear rule because they're just not helping themselves at all. I mean, neither's the linesman, uh, <laughs> Aldo <laughs> Robertson. I mean, he's yeah. got to get a ban as well, but that, that would definitely combat the, the whole thing about players taking it too far with the officials. He's not uh, officiating this weekend, is he, while they investigate the whole thing? Um, which is, I guess, the obvious first step there. But, but yeah, I mean, I've got five brain cells to, to try and rub together and we've managed to come up with that. So, for fuck's sake, what are they doing? <laughs> what is going on over there? It's a joke. That, I mean, that wouldn't, I don't think that would solve it at grassroots because the, the ref has to police the people actually going off the field, but at least at the top level, and then maybe that can start to trick better behavior can start to trickle down. But interestingly in rugby, I think it is even at grassroots, you could, it's still the same and it does kind of work. So maybe over time, the, the way people behave would change, but yeah, seems like a relatively easy thing to, to sort out. It is interesting, though, isn't it, Mike, that you say five brain cells, which is double what they've got at the um, professional game match officials board. Um, so I, I don't really understand. They all belong to Howard Webb, by the way. <laughs> I don't really understand. Like, I know Metro and um, I know Metro and um, the whole situation with Andy Robertson sort of appeared out of nowhere as if it's some spiralling crisis that the players talk about to the officials. And you're not wrong. The players should 100% people, The players have been surrounding that. referees for years. You're, very, you're absolutely right. Years it's never really years. been a problem. It's, it's never really been a problem. 
Like, it is a problem. Every, everyone says it. It's everyone's, definitely a problem. Everyone says. Everyone says. Oh, you how, know it. You're just trying to play awful, this. Stop no, how it now. All, they're all saying how awful it is that the refer- the players have surrounded the officials. I could give two fucks to be honest. Everyone, it's like one of those classically English things where everyone goes, "That's disgraceful." It's like when everyone was like, "Oh, look at the way this referee's ruining the uh, the Argentina Netherlands match, or making it better." Like. This is how, this is where we stood. It was my favourite game of the tournament. But what I will say is, like, it is funny how we sit here at the end of a weekend of football debating that rather than debating the fact that, yet again, they keep getting consistent decisions wrong in key fixtures like the Brighton one again. Well, you, you'll you remember this was on the list to talk about, Will. No, I, I am right. I, I, know, I know we'll get there. But what I'm trying to say is, like, I think communication's a two-way street. In the, in the same way that we've been calling for referees to have more accountability, you want players to have more accountability. Well, it works both ways. What we can't get to the situation is where no players can ever talk to a match official. Because you can say, yes, the captain can go talk to them, but you're saying that no players can ever talk to a match official. There's no explanation after the games. There's no thing like in rugby where they talk. It can't just be one quick fix. You've got to, if you are interested in having the referee become a respected official like in rugby. There's other things you've got to put in place too. You've got to make them explain themselves at times. And football is just such a, so entrenched in its ways. And the referee is this figure that we all say we need to respect. None of them respect them, but they never actually have to explain themselves and all this kind of stuff. They're protected, but they're not protected. The whole thing's a mess, but it takes a bit longer than just saying, I think just starting to hand out red cards. Personally, I'm not sure I'd like that. I don't want to see like number. I don't want to see. I don't want to see what a number. Half the Chelsea team surround the ref every decision. We d- we're not actually that far up the pitch to make those decisions. Um, but like the, the well, thing it is, would solve that part, and then you can also bring the accountability. People, people wouldn't get sent off because they just wouldn't do it from yeah, the start. No one. Will, if you tell them you're sending them off, no, they wouldn't. And if they did, they wouldn't be playing for the next but, three games because their manager would sack them. But what if, so if the ref... How stupid have you got to be to talk back to the ref if you know that you're going to get sent off? There's a human element, though, here. There isn't no, there that. isn't, because rugby players can do it's it. It's like so intentionally going into tackles trying to get sent off. It's essentially what it would be. Or picking up the ball with your hands, like... You got, so we, so we just want we just want to remove it so that the so the, if the referee makes a mistake, which happens all the time, they can't even say captain. a thing to them. They can't say yeah, a thing to them. Them saying things to the ref doesn't change what the ref's going to do if he's made it no but it's no but it's a human element so you're telling you're telling people that they can't react the way they want to react like yeah yes no they we can't don't go... allow people to take their shirt off to celebrate a goal so yes well, we've already that's... done that that's it's too late for that will but, we already do that but you want to <laughs> I don't understand what. So, how far does this go? Because then you get you get to where you are in like the NBA, for example, where they can't even show the slightest bit of emotion before a referee goes, "That's a technical foul," and you're shooting two free throws. You can't give the referees all this power because, as we know, people in that position will abuse that power. And how before? How long before he goes? How long before just two players off the top of their head, Dewsbury Hall and James Madison, are off the side, not even talking to the referee, but complaining before the referee goes, hold on a minute, you can't complain because you start along this road, you will end up there. Okay, so maybe you have, you make the rule of being like genuinely aggressive and abusive to to an official in their face. If someone's shouting at the... 
but that's so already the sense. No, I see what I see what you're saying. But, but they don't book enough for it. They don't do. But the answer. People don't get the answer. Yeah, but the answer is to enforce the rules you have rather than creating new ones. If they're not already enforcing dissent, they're not going to send people off, yeah, but, are they? But, Will, the thing is, technically in the rules, if you even swear at the ref, you're supposed to get a red card, and they can't bring that in because there wouldn't be anyone left on the pitch. But, so it's already that's in the rules, genuine then? Rule. So what are we talking about, then? Are you talking about instigating Making another rule, rule that's no, already there that a... they can ignore again? Making a rule that you can actually enforce, because how do you enforce that someone swore at you when at the moment the refs aren't recorded? If they wanted to go down that route, surely again, like rugby, they wear a mic, you can hear it, it's never up for dispute because you hear so, what someone's saying. So how about so you get them yeah, so how about you mic them up as well? So if there's to be any dispute, it's there clear as day. So what so are we are so what are we arguing here? Because if you're saying you can already get sent off for swearing at the referee, then what are, what are we actually putting in in to play? Because because that isn't realistic. Because people swear out of frustration out of all but, the time. But what I'm we're saying not on is, about swearing. We're on about genuine acts of aggression towards the official, which is already in the book. It's yeah, but Will, you could go and so just enforce it. You... That's all we're saying. Just say, yeah, and like they do you... sometimes. We've just come out of a refs meeting, and now we're going to be focusing on this. They do this all the time. But if you do it at the, the start summer, of every new season, you're like, they do it all. Are we doing yeah. this this season? Okay, so yeah, this, this is what we're doing. So our season. whole point here now is... we're doing shirt so, pulls in the box, or now so, we're doing whatever it is. So our whole point here is we're asking referees to be consistent in applying the rules. Yeah, but apply it in a in a like realistic way because if you go and watch any football what's game, a realistic way then well unfortunately I well the realistic way is for them to actually do things by the rules and actually start sending people off and booking people for just dissent. send them if off they actually they... booked people for dissent every time there was dissent it would start to drop down but they don't ever book them or send if, them if you booked us, if you sent off all six players that surrounded a ref when a bad tackle goes in then suddenly well, well hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, are, are we booking people for dissent now, or are we booking people for voicing an opinion? Because they're two different things to me. If you yeah, want to book people for dissent, if you if you want to book people for dissent for saying for being aggressive, yeah, then I'm with you. But if you're booking someone up, for, if you're booking for someone going to the referee, going ref, that's not fair. No, I don't. I think that's a step too far, personally. So to no, I, don't, I really don't because it works in rugby. So why can't it work in football? I don't. Also, I, don't really get, I don't see the difference at all. But also to combat that, you're already nominating the captain as the spokesperson. So if the players aggrieved, follow the rules. Go up to your captain. And then the captain can ask the ref to have a word and voice that opinion. That way you cancel it out. They won't surround the ref because they know that if they speak to the captain, the captain will be able to speak to ref. Now, that is the other side to this, that the ref's got to be fair to let the captain speak to them. That that would have to be, come into the game where they'd have to, I don't know. But the ref like, surely would be more open to, to that because it's just one player instead of eight people surrounding him you could actually have a proper conversation with the captain because there's only and one there's voice not, coming either direction. Yeah, or, there's or not maybe you've got two captains all around you saying exactly. different things and telling you to do different things. And if it's a situation that's serious enough, like they already do, just call over both captains and speak about it. They already do that. But they'd be speaking to captains about an issue that's gone on or about the players and voicing opinions like they already do that in serious matters. But what we're asking for is that they bring that in 
one, to protect themselves, but two, to put a process in place where if someone doesn't follow the process in the rules, then it's fair enough to be punishable because it's literally in the rules. And it would stop the problem of what you see every weekend in practically every game where there's a decision and 10 players are crowding the referee, pushing and shoving around them, getting in their face, swearing at them. They've just handed out an eight-match ban to someone for doing this and they've appealed it to be longer. So it could be 10 games, it could be 12 games. You can't punish one player to that length and not do anything about anyone else. It's unfair. If you're going to go that hard on Mitrovic, you've got to bring in a rule for that whole... Firstly, it's not unfair because he laid his hands on him. Like, that deserves... No, no, a, that deserves yeah, but what he's saying is, obviously that deserves a big ban, but the lesser offences get nothing. Yeah, but that's what, what are I'm the lesser offences here? Swearing at a referee? Like... Yeah. You know exactly what they are. Look, guys, maybe I'm just in the wrong level. I don't, I think, I don't, I don't think football has quite the epidemic of respect problems. I think most games you watch, there are players, before you start, most players are following around, most players are surrounding the referee, but most of the good referees pull them away and pull them out there. It's fine. I just think personally, I don't care. If I don't care if the, if all those players are over there, if the ref because the referee pulls most of them out when they're sensible. Sometimes, but mostly sometimes the referee just follows them over. But he, that's but what happens. Who cares? Time. Who cares? If we're sorting things out with referees, this is not where you would start. This is not where most of the problems are start. Maybe all the pre- maybe all the players at Brighton are going to surround their referee because they've been fucked over so many times this season because none of the referees are consistent in applying the rules and none of them understand how to use the technology they've been given. Yeah, it's but two that's a totally different every... point. Yeah, that's, that's There's not two really sides to every being point. Shit. Yeah, it's a but, yeah, but, no, but this is what I'm saying. I can't you're fix asking... the ref being shit, no, no, no. but I can fix something asking... else. Like you're asking this. the players. You're asking the players to show referees respect, to respect their decisions, while at the same time, every Monday morning, we are sat there going, "This went wrong. This went wrong." What I'm saying is, there's a human element to the players. You can't just get rid of. If they need to remonstrate, they should be allowed to remonstrate. And if you say they've got to go to the captain to do it, that's fine, I guess. But to be honest, it's not going to call. I don't. Personally, I don't see a problem with them being there and being allowed to express themselves as long as they are not being aggressive or abusive. And quite frankly, Andy Robinson takes it too far and should be booked for dissent. But that is an individual case. It shouldn't be when players are surrounding the referees going, what the hell? Come on, come on, come on. That is How is that sw- not aggressive? How is that not aggressive not to aggressive. another person? It's not aggressive, though, is it? This Andy t- Robertson is aggressive. Andy Robertson is aggressive. Andy Robertson should be booked for dissent. But the players who surround the referees to talk to them, to get the things... I don't want to get to the... Pos- I don't think we need to get to the position where you can only have one spokesperson talking. You can talk about rugby all you want, but rugby is less subjective and it's a far yeah, more sanitised game. And it's not for the better. It's yeah, not but, for the Will, would you not argue that the players have lost the privilege of being able to go and speak no. to a ref? Because clearly no. for years, none of them are able to do it in a no. respectful way or a way that isn't just shouting at someone's no. face. I wouldn't argue that at all. But you can you can go as far back as you like. Even Neville and Keane back in their day, they were raging at the ref like right in front of their face. It's been going on for years. Surely the players have lost the privilege to go we're and t- all speak to a ref because they talking about, can't do it no, properly. 
I don't agree that they clearly can't do that properly. I think there's t- the recept- there is persistent offenders that are abusive to the referees, and sorry to keep using his name, like Andy Robertson, that stand on there and scream at them, and the referee should 100% book them for dissent. But there is a middle ground between that extreme and the everyday actions of the Premier League players. And I don't think, quite frankly, enough has gone further for us to further strip the rights back from those players to have their say on the field. Okay. I'm sorry, I will not get there. I just don't Fine. agree. Fine, but did you not see earlier this season? Oh, we might as well move where... on because we're not getting anywhere. But I was just going to say, Wolves had a player given a second yellow just because he started to jog over to the ref. I mean, if you set a clear rule, surely that helps with consistency. One, in terms of what the players expect, and two, of how it's enforced. But You're that's not going to what... convince Will because he doesn't think the rest are <laughs> but, consistent. Fine, but, fine. No, but, let's just but talk that's about what, move on. But that's we're what, not but, going but that example, I, that, example, that example actually proves my point. He's just jogging over to have a say, and you're going to send him off, so you're going to ruin the game of football just because he wants to have a say. He's not being abusive. That's what I mean. You're just going to ruin games of football by doing this. It's just... It's just it's but just... you're focusing on the surrounding the referee thing and, and, and making it as if... All of the surrounding the referee thing isn't aggressive when a lot of it is aggressive. No, but that, most of it yeah, isn't. Yeah, that was my point. Yes, it. That well, if a group of people surrounded you in the street, you'd find it more if they're surrounding him in a non-aggressive person. way, fine, let them do that. But you got I've ten never, blokes surrounding you, shouting it. at you. It is aggressive in its nature. But they're not shouting at him. They're arguing. And it starts off with a few, and they start arguing together. Like it's not this. It's not this. It's not him up against the wall, and everyone's talking to him. It's you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You it's going for the most extreme solving of a problem that, quite frankly, it do, it's not as big a deal. This... You've missed the bath, so let's move on. Good grief! <laughs> what in the world? What else is on the fucking agenda? Don't know. Well, the VAR was a joke at Brighton, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely atrocious. Brighton get their third apology of the season from Howard Webb. I mean, it was atrocious. Where to even start? Both the goals they disallowed, you could argue, shouldn't have been for sure. Definitely. Stonewall, Stonewall pen on Matoma. There's also the pen on, was it Dunk, where he gets pulled yeah, down Dunk in gets the pulled box? Back. And then Perisic's yellow card that says Stonewall red, two footed tackle. Doesn't matter if he gets the ball, he's off the ground, his studs are up. Taylor's under time for about the last 15 years since they decided that that was an automatic red card. Somehow he does, doesn't get a red card, and it's fine if the ref doesn't give it, I guess, because you've got VAR. But the fact they viewed it and didn't think that was a red either, it just blows my mind. It's a red card challenge every single day of the week. Oh, yeah, just... the, and the, the Matoma pen, I've no idea how. Oh, they didn't give that. And the well, yeah, he stands the, on his the Welbeck foot. one, the, the Welbeck goal, wasn't it? They disallowed. I didn't get that either. It hits and for them to side. change that, they have to decide it's clear and obvious. And, and I, I don't like know how it's how it clear and obvious. Yeah, it looks like it hits his hip from most angles. So, oh. like, like you say, yeah, how could they decide clear and obviously that it's hit his hand? God, if I was deserving, I mean, I know he's a pretty passionate guy, anyways, today, but I'm picking up some fines in the post match. So, yeah, after the second apology that that um, Howard Webb went to Brighton to give, he drove down there. Apparently, deserve. He was like, that was a waste of time, and <laughs> now he's had to do another one. 
Also, <laughs> I know technically they're his coaches, but Stellini got sent off for being stood in his technical area watching the game whilst his coaches argued. I mean, yes, that well, something happened totally before that, did it? I can't. I didn't oh, watch okay. it. Too. I think, and then the picture is of him is stood there. And does and Stellini were having it out before kick-off? Oh, okay. it, it, it was weird. I don't know what it was all about. But... Stellini had said that basically Deserby was only able to do what he's doing because of all Potter's work, essentially, is what he said. Sent out the rod early doors. I mean, but they're probably better now than they were when Potter was there anyway. But... They definitely, they're much higher up the table, that's for sure. And they'd be they're even higher goals. if... Uh... If they hadn't had such tough decisions. All yeah, soon. they would be. Well, if if they'd won that game against Spurs, I think they'd have been one point behind them. Yeah, well, that should, they should have. I mean, yeah, they they were the best team in that game by far, comfortably. <clears throat> yeah, they got they got shafted there. Absolutely shafted. I have nothing to add on this one. <laughs> <laughs> like I really don't. Like, I. I we're talking about just heinous decision of Brighton and we also at the same time just had a discussion about not surrounding the referee. I really can't add anything onto this. Like, I just, I just can't. Um, Arsenal-Liverpool. Anyone want to talk to me about that one? I didn't manage to see it. Probably a really good game if you're a neutral. Yeah. Uh, second half was a pretty nervy watch from my point of view. <laughs> I was really happy with the first sort of half an hour. Um because we were really all over them. They looked awful. Trent was sort of playing out of the blue, that sort of like inverted fullback thing. He was sort of playing in the in the central midfield. And that, they, they looked like they hadn't worked on it at all, and it was a brand new thing to them, because it just looked so unnatural. And then the same thing that happened to us, I think, last year when we went to Anfield. There's a little thing with, with Xhaka and Trent. Trent leaves one on Xhaka, and Xhaka goes after him and leaves one on him. And then they both get booked. It's a bit of a forehead-to-forehead sort of situation. And then the crowd are into it. And then after that, it was it was just, um, yeah, glad in the I went from thinking, oh, we're going to hammer them 2-0 up to them being really happy to come away with one point. So, point gained from my point of view. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, that's the, that's the, is it two lost or point gained? I'd say Point, point gained, 100%, 100%. Take a point anyway. Yeah. yeah. They're shit. Yeah. They are, but they were good in that in that second half. I, I thought, I, I thought this is the wrong time to bring up this talking point. But I thought this when they played Chelsea the other day. Like, at what point do you have to turn around and say Klopp is underperforming? Because I'm sorry, like they shouldn't be. They shouldn't. They shouldn't look this amateur. There's a like. It's not the results because like you can you can be in this league. It's ridiculously hard to win a game of football in the Premier League, but. Every time I watch Liverpool, they look amateur, and I'm sort of for like large portions of the game, I would sit there going, "What the fuck are they working on during the week? What are they doing?" I mean, they were fine at the weekend, yeah, but like you say, it's every week there's something, and at some point you just have to turn around and ask yourself, like, is Klopp just at this position now, a bit like where Wenger was near, not quite at the end of Arsenal, where he's done so well for so long that you're not retaining the ability to criticise him. Well, he's been wondering that, hasn't he? Because in some of the uh, presses, he's been like, Every- everyone else is getting sacked and I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, I'm not sure why. Yeah. I thought that was a bit strange, but yeah. 
I'm not you are right. I, I, no, neither am I. And you, yeah. you should definitely get plenty of favour given what has happened there. But you look at this season and they've been they've been appalling in a lot of games. It's they, they but their squad half is, is aging and it's showing, isn't it? That's the thing. They haven't done enough to overhaul. Uh, yeah, it's one of our takes that was actually correct. Was was about that. I think we had that take after um after they'd won the title. <laughs> it's probably slightly too early. Uh, but no, that was exactly right. We said in a, in a year or two that they're going to be, unless they do something drastic, they're going to be in trouble. And here we are. I still think that I that would hold weight for me if they weren't where they were because um, like it's it's a little like it's a little like when the some of the idiot Chelsea fans who we've already talked about tried to tell me that uh, oh Chelsea haven't got a good enough squad to be higher than twelfth in the league like that's fucking bullshit like that that's just a lie like that's that's not true like. And it's the same with um, when you look at when you look at Liverpool. Like, if I look at the people who are above them, which are Brighton, they've got a better squad than Brighton. They've got a better squad than Villa. They've got a better squad than Spurs. I think they've got a better squad than Newcastle. I think it's debatable on United. Um, they haven't got a better squad than Arsenal. They've got a better squad than Man City. But squad-wise, you, they're not eighth. No. If that makes sense. I'd say Liverpool, well, it's just the midfield. Fourth? And the defence yeah. a little bit. But they must be, yeah, fourth or fifth at worst, squad-wise. Yeah. And they're eighth. And they haven't really... And the eighth is actually higher than they have been. <laughs> yeah. They've been, they've been lower than that all season. Wasn't it when they played Chelsea? They were like tenth and eleventh or something stupid. Sorry, I tell a lie. We're actually not twelfth for eleventh. So some, no, some, Crystal some Palace today. Been, Crystal Palace have been twelfth for years. Fucking hell! Uh, God, it's a minus goal difference. That's tough. Um, Chelsea's this. <laughs> yeah, it's minus two. Good grief. I think that's just for starting Havertz. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I don't quite know what to do with the fact that we're further up the lead. Looking forward to the Madrid game tomorrow. My heart isn't. Um, so, oh, we've got a game in. They've got a game in hand on us too, Fulham. That's excellent. Uh, God, it's tough down here, isn't it? <laughs> Bring back the intertoto is what I say. Uh, Dave, as our resident scouse reporter, uh, where are you on Klopp's future? I don't know why I've invented this as a talking point, but I have. Uh, I mean, I'd be, I don't know who Liverpool would get instead of Klopp. I mean, I, it's one of those, isn't it? I mean, whatever your opinions are about, about Klopp and Liverpool, I think it's fair to say that they haven't really given him the backing that he's probably deserved, given what he managed to win. Um, I also, wasn't it like after they won the Champions League, they spent like 20 million or something? Like, you know, you've got the other teams in the big, big four, big six, they're spending like two hundred million in a in a summer window, regardless of what happens. And now, like clearly, they've needed to reinvest in this squad. Hence, why they are with, where they are with the midfield. What they don't even have like adequate backups in practically any position. So if someone gets injured, their their players to play are significantly worse. And yes, I accept that everyone has a starting eleven, uh, and you'd expect them to be better than the players on the bench. But I feel there's a big gap, a, a way bigger gap between Liverpool's starting eleven and some of the bench players than some of the other teams. 
Um, okay. In terms of who the, in terms of who they're going to get. Sorry. Well, I'm just I'm querying solely because like Man City. Yeah, but who their biggest rival? Agreed, agreed. But they're eighth. Like I don't actually think I think the starting 11s are wildly different um, between Arsenal and um, Liverpool. Arsenal's much better, but is the bench drastically different? You can I make mean, I feel like you can make the case that Liverpool's is better than Arsenal's bench. I mean Liverpool's bench. I think that's got... almost certainly true. To be honest, okay. I think you could probably make the case that um, Liverpool's bench is better than Man United's. Because in any one game, you've got like one of Darwin or Jota, Salah. One of them is going to be on the bench, which is instantly a better option, probably attacking-wise, than Arsenal have got coming off the bench. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Fair enough in terms of that area of the pitch. I mean, there's Diaz as well whenever he comes back. But if you look at their midfield, it's pretty, it's pretty lackluster. I mean, defensively. If if they obviously for what it's worth, I don't think Simakas is actually a, an awful player uh, at left back. At yeah. right back, they've got who, Joe Gomez now, who's been terrible for like three years. Pretty much every time he plays, yeah. And and then yeah, back, he's he's not good, but he's better than Matt Target, who's Newcastle's bench player, who are higher than the the league, for example. He's better than whatever left back Brighton have got. Yeah, but Arsenal but currently don't have yeah, a back he, I think he would probably start over Ben Davis for Tottenham, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's fair with Tottenham, but I think the Newcastle is a pointless argument because they've only had like a year and a half to try and invest properly into the team. No, but, Whereas Liverpool have been investing into this sort of but, squad for like 10 years now. True, true. But what I'm saying is, it's we're making the argument. If the argument is that they're performing less because they've got less squad depth, what I'm saying is they still have better okay. squad depth than the people who are overperforming them this season. Yeah, fine. That, that's fair enough. Maybe I've, maybe I'm sort of giving them more credit than they deserve in terms of. Can we give them a rebuild season? Well, I was, I was just going to say, if Klopp goes, who are they going to get as a coach? And whatever you think as of Klopp as an individual, if you find him irritating, he whinges all the time. Is generally a world-class manager. Who are they going to get instead of Klopp? And well, I think that's why he's still there. To yeah. be honest, you see all these it, other clubs struggling so much to get people in. And again, Chelsea and Spurs are going to be looking not advocating not advocating he gets sacked. More asking the question of should is he get the question is more is he getting away with a lack of criticism that anyone else in his position would have received. It goes back. He gets a free pass, doesn't he? I like the Wenger comp, to be honest. He's similar. But the the secondary comp is almost Pep Guardiola in that season where uh, Laporte got injured and he had to move Fernandinho out midfield and it all fell apart for him. And people were going, your team shouldn't fall apart like this. Um, And he got a bit of a a kick in for that. Whereas I just feel like I understand that Klopp's midfield has fallen apart. I mean, part of that, I feel like, has to go on him for because we all know he has a bit more power there, deciding that perhaps £30 million on an already injury-prone Thiago is the way to go. Maybe we spend a lot of money on Nunes. Maybe we bring in Gapco, who has cover for Diaz. Or Remember maybe they sort of 35, £35 mil on Oxlade-Chamberlain as well, who's been injury-prone his whole career. 
prior to Liverpool. Was a much better player when they signed him, to be fair, to what he is now. But they, they've oh. definitely spent strangely, I would say. If they've got money, they've not spent it in, in smart areas. Like It's a bit similar, I guess, to the to the later Wenger situation where you're like, clearly what they need is a central midfield player. And it, they would continually not buy a central midfield player. It is actually really... To the point like, where, where Francis Cochran has a bit of a breakout, you're like, well, he's the guy. But clearly, clearly, no, he wasn't. Plus, one good game against Man City, and everything's all over. I remember but, you telling me he was better than Matic. And this is in Matic's like, oh, absolute title pump. I would say. But, you see, I'm saying that people say Cochran was the one. I was, I was leading that charge. <laughs> That's all they had to clean up to cling on to well at the time. Matthew was still playing for us. But the thing, the problem with Arsenal at that time was that like, they would have so many of these breakout moments that when someone actually <laughs> said to me that Santi Gazzola was this amazing player deep in the midfield, I didn't believe it at first. And then you sort of watch him, you're like, fuck, he might actually be really good. Because well, we had all, like we bought Torreira and at the start, you're like, Ooh, maybe, you know, he's all right. And then, no, terrible. terrible. That guy was a loser. I say I this. I don't know. I said this is a short man. Torreira is never going to work, given the fact he was about two foot four. One of my favourite Arsenal signings, definitely Cedric Suarez. I I love Cedric, though. He was like a good... uh, One of those... He he never made it at at Southampton, so Arsenal... He was a decent player for Southampton. We did manage to get him for a free from Southampton, which was... Bit of an interesting one. Yeah, I mean that's a sign. People like him in the locker room, Mike. Locker room guy. Locker room I do guy. think oh, the okay. sco- I do think the scope in uh, in our awards ceremony, like not for the Bakayoko award, because the Bakayoko award, the worst transfer of the season, is like the noisiest bad transfer of the season. I do think there's like scope for like the Zappa Costa, Cedric Suarez of the world, where they come oh, along. I would. They're not very good, but they play a few games, and you just sort of like eventually they're out the door. Cedric was. Not no. awful. He played. Well, neither was Zappa Costa, but he wasn't good. But Cedric was a weird one. Like, yeah, he was okay for Southampton, but they still let him go for nothing, and then we let him go for nothing. <laughs> Who's the Man United equivalent? You see, Diego Dallo is sort wow, of there's a, a long resurgent. <laughs> Dallo would have been because the one one Bissaka is a bit too noisy of a failure. That makes sense. Noisy, loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah every, everyone knows about that because he was yeah. fifty mil and. We're almost certainly going to buy Tyreek Mitchell. Yeah, I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at like the 15 million whiffers, you know what I mean? Like, the ones that you're Arsenal, like, Arsenal's yeah. not immediate recent past, but littered with, with transfers like that. Leeds buying Dan James for 25 million. <laughs> yeah. It's a, bit, it's a bit of a stunner. That, oh, and now he's at Fulham, isn't he? When he's are people going to realise that he is not a Premier League player? I knew it at the time. When he are we? Dave didn't know it. To be fair, Dave. He's Dave just, called it really. He's early. literally just a pace merchant, and he scored a few exciting goals for Swansea because he was rapid, and people thought just because he was young, he was some sort of superstar. But, so when what, are the Premier League scouts going to realise this? I've told you, there's idiots so at every level incredible. of football. Every level of football. That was the fifteen. So incredible. He'll be at Burnley next the, year, by the they, way. They poached him from Leeds. That's when they should have known it was not there. <laughs> <laughs> that is like Leeds were about to get it done, weren't they? Then all of a sudden he was signing for Man U. Mate, you know it's bad when Man U make a profit on someone. Because we are historically bad yeah, at that. Yeah, oh my life. Historically. Yeah. 
I do feel like there's a little bit of something that me saying Eric Bailly's still on the books, I think. And Phil, Phil Jones. Jones, Mike. Jones is still there. <laughs> no, no, that 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 last Juan Mata contract where you were essentially yeah, paying him Matt, to be yeah. a, a staff writer on the team. Uh, like yeah, and on M- on MUTV socials. Oh, Juan Mata was paying. definitely a locker room guy. 100%. Ah, oh, 100% a locker room yeah. guy. And, and as well, apparently Solskjaer told him he was going to be like massively in the plans and then obviously Solskjaer got sacked. Juan <laughs> <laughs> Mata was one of those people that like, he moved from, he moved from like January transfer win. When he moved from Chelsea, he was, you could probably make a case that he was like a top 10 player in the league at that point. And then like overnight, he joined United and everyone was like, fuck it, he's dusted, isn't he? And you were just like, what? How, and he played loads happened? for Man U. He was there for like just way longer than you yeah, think. A lot of appearance. Years, just like... just yeah. nothing. Remember, happened. it came around. He was playing like his two hundredth appearance, and I was like, <laughs> "He's played two hundred times." <laughs> he was. You would you watch match of the day, and he would like line up, and you'd be like, "He's still there," and then you'd be like, "He's a tiny player out." <laughs> no, but he'd only you'd he'd only act by the end. He'd only feature on the on the FA Cup match of the days because he never yeah. played in the league anymore. Yeah. But he was like oh. so slow by the time he finished it, you know. He was never quick. No, but he was really slow by the end. Has he actually retired or is he still? No, no he's, a, he's in, in Turkey, game? isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's oh, only he's 34. Got, he's got to be tearing up that he's, 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 where, he's where all good number 10s go to die. Has <laughs> Erzog finished his career there? Is Delielli still over there? Yeah, Delielli. terminated. What is he doing now? Uh, well, there's a video of him doing balloons, and apparently Everton are going to terminate his contract, supposedly. Yeah. I can't wait for his overlap interview. It's Mate, why is, at this point, Delia. He'll be done at Wrexham before, you know. He must be oh, worth like, penalties. 50 mil or something, at least. Well, he doesn't care if he doesn't play football again at this point, it feels like. By the way, Hat shout out to the Cycling GK for getting Don't, his, his Super. safe <laughs> He Super. got the YouTube video up already. It's uh, already up. Of course he has. When, when the pep was being taken, I was like, yeah. I just know this is being saved. Just because I know it's going to annoy Will. Do you, so do you think he? Do you think he goes Have into? Seen... Do you think he goes into the changing rooms after the game, or do you think he goes straight into his editing suite? <laughs> well, I can tell you that he did go in because it was on the on the YouTube. <laughs> I, was, <video. laughs> I need to subscribe. I think I'm missing out. He was in. There. I saw a TikTok. I saw a TikTok earlier where he he used the phrase "mandem." Sorry, <laughs> that's rough. But I think that's content, is, that is De Bruyne back on the pitch. Uh, De Bruyne maybe he's, he's on the pitch, Mike. I think I'm a bit ahead of you. It's he's a tough. It's a tough. He's back tough, on. Uh, yeah. Tough Rex. Okay, that's good. Good for that's them though. Insane. I mean, I tell you what, hell of a game by the way. Great underdog story. I already story. caught the end. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was a wild game. Yeah, no, it's uh, the ref it on for the last like six or seven minutes. So. Ref and Lino's also not good in the national league, so <laughs> we knew that. Pipe line <laughs> <looking tough. laughs> to be Pipe fair, though, to be fair, though, it's like a different country, isn't it? So you don't know what language they're <laughs> speaking down there. It's <laughs> a good point. It is a good point. Um, oh, Will, you should really watch the uh, the footage of Ryan Reynolds and Fox. I can't, I can't do it. Day. I've not forgiven him for Green Lantern and everything. <laughs> that he's back. Oh, God. No, you yeah. need to see it. He's wearing a nice hat. It's, it's, yeah, it's good content. Sure I need to see it. I'll I send just, it to you. Can we get Ryan Reynolds just like in charge of Sunderland but playing a character? That's what I'd like. <laughs> Like Sutherland to like die season three, and it's just Ryan Reynolds in there. Oh, and that 
what was his name? Instead of like God. Charlie Muffin saying that, that we, was it. We need Muffin this. Like, or something. We need this like electric. Oh, DJ's just Ryan Reynolds after Shania Twain. That was that was it, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a weapon he was. Didn't he also get them to try Sandstorm or something through the speakers? Or oh, yeah, he changed that to walk out. Something like that. Incredible. Insom- wasn't it insomnia actually? Could something ridiculous that he's just like, oh, let's just play this through the whole stadium. Faithless, by the way, still get booked at Creamfields every year, regardless of what's happened. Every year. They released oh, it. Faithless. You know that one song Not that I'm aware of. Don't think yeah, so well, they can't song. sleep. And only one of them Why turns up. Life. It's pretty good. It's a good little gig if you got it. Uh, anything else? Crystal Palace so far? Yeah, to watch? Dave, Dave, Dave needs um, like uh, five minutes just talking about him. And he can tell us who he's probably going to pick for his young player of the year at the same time. It's Elise, everyone. What a player. Spent seven years at Chelsea, but we let him go. Yeah. I mean, that's what the, that's what the I just assume everyone who's will. come good has spent time at Chelsea at this point. Not Pretty anyone much. who's a good manager, let me tell you. Wasn't Nketio at Chelsea as well? He was indeed. So. You're watching the Bayern game, Jamal Musiala? He was there too. Yeah, he was. Now he's a good player. I know. We'd like him about now. Actually, I'd like Enketia about now. Someone who could stick the ball in the back of the fucking net. Enketia would be definitely your starting striker. Balogun's likely to be available, Will. Send him. All I'd say... He wants to start somewhere and he's not going to start for us. All I'm saying, lads, right now... He's he's nailed on to end up at Montpellier or somewhere. I'm ready to announce... He's already playing for a team better than Montpellier. The winner of this year's Bakayoko Award is going to be given out approximately eight games early, and it's Mark Kukurea, and I'm not taking any questions on it. (laughs) He is so bad. It's just just so funny to me. Potter got rid of him and was probably like, yes, thank God, I don't have to manage him for another season. And they fell out about it, allegedly, at the end, because he didn't... Like Potter, I don't know. There was some dispute anyway about him going, and then like a, seemingly a few weeks later, it felt like that's the Potter's worst tra- back. That's the worst transfer we've ever done, by the way. But Billy Gilmore as well. The other side of it, he moved to Brighton specifically to play for Potter because he was excited to play for Potter. Potter left, and he he, he never got in the team. On Saturday. He was hardly getting in, wasn't he, when Potter was there? Or was s- he did a little bit, but then... On Saturday, I was at a humanist wedding, which was going to form the start of this podcast so I could explain what one of them is, and then we got what distracted the- by Jao Felix. Anyway, at one point, I uttered the words, I miss Melangsa. How many rums or whiskeys have you consumed? Stone cold sober, Dave, <laughs> I was driving. Stone cold sober. I don't think I've ever thought that you would get to this point. <laughs> I just miss it. Like, like Malang Sar was was one of the worst centre halves I've ever seen. But Mark Kukurea, like, I feel like you could show Mark Kukurea pictures. I feel like uh, this this is gonna have to get cut. <laughs> I, 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 in fact, I'm not going to say it. Right, anyway, oh, yeah. until next week. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, Dave, if the people want to keep up with you, where can they do so? Uh, it's at Roy Hodgson, the best coach in the world. Uh, 44. Roy Hodgson. I don't know why. Roy Hodgson just sounds weird. Um, Mike? Uh, at Mikey Breslin on Twitter. Ross? Uh, at Ross underscore bird 14. That's gone quick, hasn't it? Yeah, I think I've gained career zero followers off announcing my Twitter on here, so that shows how good the takes have been. Well, I haven't tweeted years. Like, it might be <laughs> 10 years, honestly. It's been so long. I barely have it. Oh, it's you, should, you should just start giving out your PO box, Ross. Mm. Yeah. I have enough with PO boxes at work. Well, I don't really want it yet. Thank you. Uh, the Hermes assassin himself. Um, <laughs> right. At Wilton17, don't go there. Go to In and Around Pod. Got questions? Email them into it, In and Around Pod, and Dave will answer them. Uh, until next time, Mike. Sayonara.